Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Good afternoon and welcome to this Tuesday episode of Live Mike, episode number 242. So much is going on right now here in the state of Utah. Let me try to catch you up uh, where things stand in terms of the foot race to be the first organization to vaccinate against this COVID-19. It's been a fascinating uh, series of developments and uh, jumbling and shifting of calendars. Yesterday, at this very hour, you and I were discussing the plan that was in place at the time by Intermountain Healthcare to administer the first vaccines in the state tomorrow on Wednesday. There was some uh, logistical hurdles to clear and it was looking yesterday like Wednesday would be the day that we here in Utah entered into the vaccine game. Well, earlier this morning, we got a change to that announcement. And lo and behold, some of those logistical hurdles had been cleared much earlier than was uh, anticipated yesterday. Uh, so much so that Intermountain Healthcare was able to uh, announce that they intend uh, today to initiate vaccinations. <laughs> That's chapter two. Chapter three is where the real curveball comes in when we, for the first time, heard from University of Utah hospitals, who, as you have for the past hour or so, been hearing were the first to cross the finish line <laughs> and the first to administer a vaccine to one of their nurses, specifically a nurse working in the ICU, Christy Mulder. You've heard from her a bit throughout uh, this morning and afternoon. We'll hear more from her uh, at after a bit, but uh, fascinating developments, uh, interesting little back and forth. The good news is, and the bottom line, is that we here in Utah are now in the business of administering vaccines. There are healthcare professionals at the University of Utah receiving vaccines right now. In about 22, 23 minutes or so, there will be healthcare professionals at Intermountain Healthcare to be on the receiving end of vaccines, and there will be uh, a discussion of sorts uh, participated in by Dr. Angela Dunn, state epidemiologist, as well as Dr. Kristen Dascom with Intermountain Healthcare. So we'll hear from them. We'll hear also from some of the vaccinated caregivers. That'll all be coming up uh, just after one o'clock here on KSL News Radio. That's all preview. Now, for the the conversation I want to have with you now, we have to travel south here in the state of Utah, all the way down to St. George. There was a, an announcement yesterday dealing with the name of Dixie State University. This conversation started some time ago. In fact, uh, if you remember back in July, uh, late June, early July, there were conversations about whether or not uh, Dixie State University ought to retain that that title, Dixie. 
in an era where we are evaluating uh, the appropriateness of some of the names given to institutions and statues and organizations uh, which were named yesteryear, you know, when sensitivities were different, there is a, a, a heated and ever-increasing conversation surrounding the appropriateness of the usage of, of words like Dixie in the name of various organizations. And it was yesterday that Dixie State University, specifically the university's board of trustees, voted unanimously to recommend a change to the name of the university. I'll have you here in just a moment from Dixie State University President Richard Williams, but let me explain one extra thing here. You heard me use the word recommendation. The board of trustees for the university voted unanimously to recommend a change of the university's name. Now, the recommendation is then sent to the Utah legislature. As a, as a state institution, it's the legislature that bears the authority to make a name change. We'll also, in a moment, hear from a representative, Representative Walt Brooks, who is a Dixie State University graduate himself and represents uh, the, the House District uh, in St. George, that's District 75 here in the state of Utah. He and I had a conversation when this debate was first uh, getting riled up. So what we're going to do here is we're going to hear from the university president. He will explain why he feels it to be a good idea. We will then look backwards a few months, have a conversation with Walt Brooks, who shared some of his views, and then we'll take a break. And when we return, I want to hear from you. So get your thoughts lined up, and I want you to get on the phone line. The number is 801-575-8255. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. Uh, after the commercial break, I'll welcome you onto the line. Also, if you're bashful, we have a text line, of course. It's the Utah Community Credit Union text line, 57500. Uh, but I'd be I'd be especially touched if you'd pick up the phone and give me a call and you and I could have a conversation about this issue. So uh, to get a sense of where the different positions on this matter stand, uh, let's first hear from the president of Dixie State University explaining uh, his rationale for supporting this decision. Dixie State University governing bodies are collectively recommending to the Utah Board of Higher Education an institutional name change for Dixie State University. Through an in-depth impact study regarding our name, we have learned that the inclusion of Dixie is increasingly problematic for our students and alumni, hinders our ability to recruit students, faculty, and staff, and limits the partnerships we can build. Although we deeply believe moving toward an institutional name change is in the best interest of our campus community, we understand this change will be difficult for many since the name is cherished in our region. However, the word Dixie has a national meaning that is much different than the regional meaning and does not encompass inclusion and acceptance. The data shows that Dixie means the Confederacy to 33% of Southern Utah residents, 41% of Utahns, and 64% of respondents from our recruiting regions. So there you have Dixie State University President Richard Williams supporting the unanimous decision by the university's board of trustees to recommend to the state legislature changing the name, dropping somehow Dixie from the name of that state institution. Now, this debate started months and months ago. And when it first fired up, I got on the phone with State Representative Walt Brooks, again, a Dixie State grad himself, and he represents Dick's District 75 in the Utah House. That's St. George. Now, here is uh, a quick look into his rationale as to why he does not 
want to see the name removed. After the commercial break, it's your turn to weigh in. The number is 801-575-8255. Pick up the phone, call now. You and I will discuss it. Uh, here, though, in the meantime, is Walt Brooks, state representative, defending the name state, uh, Dixie State University. I think, you know, people like to associate that with the South. And that's where slavery is. And, and to my opinion, it's a reach. Do, do you remember a few years ago when they were attacking Hobby Lobby because they were selling raw cotton on a stick that people were using for decoration and how inappropriate and how offensive that was? I think that absurdity is for that is the same as changing the name to Dixie State. You know, Dixieland or Dixie was more than just slaves. I mean, it referred to all of the South and all the, the good things that were in the South. And I think this kind of vengeance that reaches out to try to destroy or erase or take away something that they find offensive, you almost have to be looking to be offended to be able to want to change that. Because there's a lot of great things that the real South has to offer. If we wanted to change something that's offensive, that's related to slavery, why don't we change the word Mississippi or Georgia or Alabama, where their state legislatures actually encourage and vote laws to enforce slavery? All right, there are the two sides. Where do you stand? 575-8255, the number. Please call 801-KSL-TALK or send a text to the Utah Community Credit Union text line 575-00. Should Dixie State University be dropping the name Dixie and instead adopting something else? Uh, we'll debate that next. You will have an opportunity to weigh in. That's all ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, Maria Chaleo is always distracting me with stories. She brings up the uh, intention voiced by President elect Joe Biden to appoint Pete Buttigieg, South Bend, Indiana mayor and former presidential candidate, to the position of transportation secretary, a cabinet level position uh, currently occupied by uh, Elaine Chow, the uh, wife of. Majority leader in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, um, a, a woman I've met, as a matter of fact, she came here to Utah when it was last summer, the summer of 2019, when the or was it 18, 18 or 19, whenever we were celebrating the sesquicentennial of the joining of the rails at the Golden Spike event. She uh, participated in that event. Uh, great to see her here. But I'm sorry, I digress. <laughs> you You heard. Earlier in the week, and I think towards the latter parts of last week, that uh, Mayor Pete was at the time being considered for U.S. ambassador to China. And today the news is that he will likely take up the position of transportation secretary. I have, as I have been examining the as I've been examining the appointments or at least the excuse me the voiced intentions to appoint various individuals to uh, cabinet level positions and other high ranking uh, positions within the the upcoming Biden administration, I have been on occasion left scratching my head because I look at the resumes of some of these individuals and wonder how specifically their life experience and their professional experience apply to their various posts. I, I'm on a tangent here. We're going to move on from this and come back at this in much greater detail later on. But one of the realizations that I've come to is that maybe Maybe in, to lead an organization, maybe the, the greater skill required is not necessarily an expertise in that field, but rather a expertise in what it means to manage. Does that make any sense? Maybe it is 
uh, something in Mayor Pete that President-elect Joe Biden sees as a, as a powerful manager. Maybe he hasn't demonstrated great expertise in the field of transportation. I uh, Back and forth uh, via text, uh, Boyd Matheson muses, uh, a lot of, uh, out of highway, rail, or subways in South Bend? And uh, <laughs> a quick check of Google, uh, not too many. So uh, wishing the best, certainly, uh, for all of our sakes. Uh, but uh, we'll get into that later on. Anyway, the the, the, the discussion I want to have with you now is a continuation of our, our first back and forth. There is, as we know, have been a vote cast at Dixie State University, specifically cast by the members of the university's board of trustees, where yesterday, unanimously, they voted to approve a recommendation to be sent to the Utah legislature to change the name of the university. I'd point out that one of those board members who voted to approve this recommendation is none other than uh, Dave Clark. And if you are a follower of uh, Utah politics closely like I have been for the past uh, few decades, you'd learn that uh, or you'd remember that Dave Clark is the former speaker of the Utah House. In a Deseret News article, he talks about the struggle that he has felt uh, in casting this vote, being torn between a pride in the institution and its tradition, but also the need to do its best for students and the institution's future. Before the break, we heard from Richard Williams, who is the president of Dixie State University, and he made repeated reference to a survey conducted among former students, graduates of the university. Some of them noted that in their professional fields, they have occasionally run into uh, challenges or friction as folks, potential employers, uh, or future business partners, or whoever it is they may encounter in their professional life, they, uh, they, they have found that the inclusion of the word Dixie in their alma mater has, has been difficult for them. They have found difficulty in securing jobs. There are some, too, that found, have found it uh, to be difficult to wear, uh, you know, swag, the sweatshirts and such, adorned by the name Dixie. Now, uh, I'm not too caught up and I'm not too swayed by, you know, difficulties in, you know, wearing sweatshirts or not, but I will listen and my ears do perk up when the name of the university is somehow involved in, in challenges that uh, a would-be employee and graduate of the university may find. What do you think? We've got a few minutes. I'll uh, leave the phone lines open. 801-KSL-TALK. Jumping to the uh, the text line, a lot of great texts have come in. And uh, let me just read some of these. i got to proofread them, of course. Uh, graduating from Dixie may not be uh, a problem locally, but will be a problem if you want to get a job and move from Utah. Yeah, see, that... that that makes sense to me. It's an unfortunate reality. You know, you'd hope that, you know, as we heard described by Representative Brooks earlier this year, you'd hope that uh, that there would be, you know, a more broad uh, association of attributes ascribed to Dixie. Um, but, you know, reality being what it is and, uh, you know, folks looking and understanding words to be defined as they are, uh, if if there are actual challenges in getting a job and those challenges are, der- are derived by the name of the university, you know, maybe you rethink things. 
another texter writes in, I grew up in St. George and attended Dixie Junior High and Dixie High School. The name Dixie, to me, represents the resilient pioneers who settled this hot, dry southern area of Utah. It has never represented slavery. Another text comes in, sad to hear an overinflated sense of political correctness in erasing history. Another text comes in, and you'll remember this news story from a few weeks ago, changing the Bountiful Braves, Dixie State College. Next, we're going to be pressured to change the state name Utah. It is ridiculous. Hmm. Here's a, here's a good one. <laughs> the, my name suggestion. The university formerly known as Dixie State University. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure that solves the problem. Uh, Next texter writes, my wife's name is Dixie. Should she change her name? How common a name is Dixie? I saw this text come through in the commercial break, and I went to my uh, Facebook. I went to my Facebook page, and I searched through all my Facebook friends to see if I knew anyone named Dixie. I was going to maybe call them and see, you know, what their experience has been with that name. I didn't have any, and I, and I, have, a, I have a lot of Facebook friends. Uh, I'd like you to be one, too. Uh, could I just real quickly, shamelessly plug my Facebook page? Make your way over to Facebook. Type in Lee Lonsberry. You'll see the live mic logo up in the corner. Please. Like that page if you would, and you'll see that one of the most recent posts asks this very question. Should Dixie State University change its name? Uh, I'd love to have you weigh in. I'll uh, be honest, the the overwhelming responses thus far have been in the negative. They would like to see the name stay as is, uh, and uh, I'd, I'd like to have you weigh in. I'd like to hear what you have to say. Uh, Before we wrap up, let me again uh, play for you some of what the president of the university had to say. I mentioned a survey. He goes on to explain more about what that survey entailed. Among other findings, the study indicates that 22% of our recent graduates looking for outside jobs out of Utah have had an employer express concern that Dixie is on their resume. 42% of respondents from our recruiting region say the name makes them less likely to attend DSU and 47% of recent alumni who live outside of the state feel uncomfortable wearing their alma mater's brand. In light of receiving overwhelming evidence that the Dixie name is hurting our students, alumni, faculty, and staff, the DSU administration and governing bodies knew we had an obligation to remove any obstacles that may get in the way of our graduate success. I'm swayed by almost all of that. All of that lands and is convincing to me, except for the the wearing of the apparel and the brand of the university. If if you're you know if, if you're uncomfortable wearing a sweatshirt, wear a different sweatshirt. Uh, but the rest of it, I don't, I don't think that there should be challenges facing you know potential employees just based on the name of their university. It's the education that you receive there, uh, which uh, by all accounts at Dixie State University is top notch. You shouldn't be hindered uh, by the name of the university. Like Dave Clark said. A member of the university's board of trustees and former speaker of the Utah House. It's a heartbreaking thing that, you know, that tradition will have to be broken, uh, but you really do have to look out for what's best for the students and the institution's future. All right, time for me to take a break. We're going to step aside. When we come back after the news, we're going to hear from those recently vaccinated caregivers at Intermountain Healthcare, as well as Dr. Angela Dunn, state epidemiologist for the state of Utah. That's all next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. 
I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.